I want to look at 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, verse 9, as we're going to be using today. And we're going to be dealing with, uh, we're going to be dealing with the truth of uh, hospitality today. We're going to be handling that. Is it on the, do we have it? Is it not ready to go? We, anyway, uh, the, uh, in uh, 1 Peter 4, 9, he talks about you have hospitality uh, and you have hospitality and you do this without complaining, okay? Now you're gonna amen me at the front of it when I talk about hospitality, but you're probably not gonna amen me when I get to the complaining part of it. And we're gonna handle that all the way around today. What, what's the character of God? What does he call us to be able to do and how are we able to do that? And I hope you see that today. And it'll be a blessing to you because coming out of Bible school, I really wanted to hit that this week and just say thanks for all the hospitality that I was able to be able to see. When we talk about hospitality, a lot of things go through your mind. A biblical definition of hospitality is uh, we, we welcome and care for our guests. Uh, people outside North America, our United States, do hospitality a whole lot better than we do. They, uh, they welcome in the stranger. Uh, they... they they give them a feast, basically. I, uh, I have a jar of seed corn that is from Africa. Uh, when I pastored at First Baptist Russell Springs, um, one of our staff went to, uh, went to Africa and planted a church. And uh, he was there for a few years. And he came back to the United States and he had this jar of seed corn on his desk. And I said, John, his name's John Wilson. I said, John, what, what is this seed corn? And he said, when we planted this church, we won this family to Christ. And he said, when we left, he said, they bombarded us with gifts and leaving because we brought them the gospel of Jesus. And uh, he said, to me and you, this jar of corn doesn't mean that much. But he said this was their next year's seed corn for their family. Now think about that. This is what he was going to feed his, he was going to plant this and grow this to do what he does, to, to, to mill it to everything else that he does. And uh, he said he gave it to us as a thanks for bringing them the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we're not careful, I want you to listen. We will, we will help people, but we will tend to help them to the least amount we can do it. Uh, the, uh, I, when Drew Causey was uh, graduating this last couple weeks, and Drew, as you know, was on staff for us. If you're a guest today, Drew was one of our staff members and is pastoring in Ohio, and he graduated, he, he finished his doctorate at Asbury in Wilmore. And so there's the normal graduation with all the different schools and degrees. But if you get your doctorate, there is a, there is a graduation ceremony that's called the hooding. And you kneel and people pray over you and they anoint you with oil. That happened to me at Fuller. And my theological mentor, Dr. Kraft, he, he hooded me. And you could ask people to specifically put your doctoral hood on you. And so I, I went to that ceremony on a Friday afternoon. And Dr. Tennant uh, uh, preached the charge to the graduates. 
And uh, he said, we live in a culture today that says, what is the least thing I can do and still be a Christian? Now just think about that for a moment. What, what's the least I can do to be a Christian? Uh, and I went up to him after the ceremony and introduced myself. And he is a prolific writer. He's written several books. And I said, Dr. Tennant, you need to do something with that. <clears throat> you need to do something with it. Because there's, there's, that's where our culture is. What's, what's the least amount I can get by with? and still be considered a Christian. Guys, that's not the way to think, okay? It's not the way to think. And when we deal with hospitality, sometimes that can happen to us. Uh, and I, I want to challenge you with the view of hospitality for a moment, especially I felt like I needed to hit this coming out of Bible school where I saw you practicing it. And I, I, so I want to catch you doing it and then really brag on you when it comes to that and give you praise for that. Um, before we get into hospitality, uh, people in this room will start bouncing off. Well, we live in a crazy world and, you know, you just can't be as hospitable as you used to be. You can't trust people. Well, you couldn't trust people then either. I mean, there is a story about a man getting beaten and left on the side of the road, right? In the Gospels. So, I mean, it, it was, uh, it, there was a, it, it still has gone on today. But let me, let me put you at ease for all the people who are out there going, uh, no, wait a minute, I, my bells and whistles are going off. I want you to look at Matthew chapter 10, uh, verse 16. This is in the same context, okay, as sending people out. This is in the same context. The, the Lord says, I am sending you out like sheep in the midst of wolves, which he does, okay? He does do that. So be wise as serpents and be as innocent and harmless as a dove, okay? So some of you are out there going, well, preacher, I'm not gonna listen to your hospitality deal because uh, today because of how dangerous our world can be. Yes, I know people pull off on the side of the road and it's nothing but a ruse to have you pull over so they can rob you. I get it. If it's two in the morning, use your cell phone, okay? Do, there's a lot of ways to be safe and look around these things and watch and, be, and take care. And I wanted to bring that out to you uh, to that point. But it's just not helping people on the side of the road. It gets far more than that. So we, we, we welcome and we care for guests. Um, I, I hope you pay attention to what I say here over these number of years. But I, if you'll notice, I never call anybody a visitor. I always call them a guest. If I'm talking from the stage, I don't go, do we have visitors here today? I never use that word visitor. I always use the word guest. Why do I do that? A visitor has the picture of just being there and never coming back. A guest has the picture of returning. So whenever I refer to people who are new to our church, I always refer to them as guests. I never refer to them as visitors. I don't know that you've always picked up on that. Maybe from now on you will. Why do I do that? Because there's the possibility of return. Um, the hospitality itself is a, is a characteristic of God. And I, I want to show you this. In Psalm 39, 12, Psalm 39, 12, 
Look at what the psalmist says. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cries for help. Don't ignore my tears, for I am your guest. I'm just a traveler passing through as my ancestors were before me. All of us, all of us have been uh, guest when it comes to the, who, the person of who God is. And then what, what does he do to us? He has welcomed us. I know there are things and times in life that you think, well, you've got to reach a certain status for God to welcome you. If you believe that, then you made that up. That is not a biblical picture. Uh, he welcomes us, but then he changes us. Don't, don't think he doesn't change us. He welcomes us and he changes us. I'm no longer, I am no longer a stranger in this land. I am, I am no longer an enemy of God. I, we have become his sons and his daughters. So I want to remind you that he welcomes you. Their characteristic of God himself is hospitality. He does welcome you. I want to show you in the church that if you're a Christian leader, it's part of who you are. Uh, I don't think we pay attention to that a lot of times in Scripture. Uh, if you really want to know the truth of it, I'm going to get into Timothy and Titus, which are areas that are, are heavy on Christian leadership. And it says that Christian leaders ought not to have wild kids. Now, how, how much have you seen that lived out? Uh, what do we say about preacher's kids? They're either saints or inmates, right? They're either going to the mission field or they're going to jail. I mean, this, I mean, it's, it becomes, it ain't right, but it's true. Uh, it's true. Uh, the, the, uh, I mean, a Christian leader is not to have what the scriptures say, riotous kids. They are to have, why, why is that in there? Because if I can't lead the Eaton family, then I can't lead the Hope family. It's, there's a standard there. And it, there's a standard here in 1 Timothy 3, 2, about an overseer. They must be above reproach. The husband of one wife love their wife. They're self-controlled. They're sensible. They're respectable. They're hospitable. They're hospitable. And they're able to be able to teach. Look at Titus chapter 1 verse 8. For an overseer as God's administrator must be blameless, not arrogant, not hot-tempered, not addicted to wine, not a bully, not greedy for money. Look at the next verse. But hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, righteous, holy, and self-controlled. So I want you to see that hospitality is something that is built in the church and, and the people of the church. Um, look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. Uh, it said, don't neglect to show hospitality, for by doing this, some have welcomed angels as guests without knowing it. I mean, there are times where your hospitality can and will be tested by God. Not, not only is it a heavenly test, it can be heavenly sent. I'm sure you've got an angel story or 10 or 12. I know I do. When I look back on it, I'm going, I think I entertained an angel. I think I, I think I connected with an angel. Did they take human form? The answer is yes, they did. Uh, and scripture says to even watch out for that. 
I want you to see in Scripture where hospitality is the mission of Jesus and his church. Look at Luke 9, 1 through 6. This is about sending them out, okay? Summoning the 12, he gave them power and authority over all demons, power to heal diseases. He sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now, some people complain to me because they'll say, well, Jeff, you sent us out and you didn't prepare us like you should have. I want you to look at this, okay? Take, the Lord said, take nothing for the road, he told them. No walking stick, no traveling bag, no bread, no money, and don't even take an extra shirt. Uh, whatever house you enter, stay there and leave from there. You remember Justin and Ashley were going to Thailand? What did we pray? One of the things we prayed over them, that they would find the house of peace that God is already working in, right? All missionaries do that. All missionaries do that. If they do not welcome you, why is that important? Because hospitality is a trait of a Christian. It's the characteristic of God. When you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. Verse six. So they went out and traveled from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing and healing everywhere. So I want you to see that hospitality is a part of the mission of Jesus and it is a part of the mission of the church. Let me bullet down to you in this because I like to net weave things together in scripture. I love the whole counsel of God. And in that, just remember the golden rule, okay? Just remember the golden rule. Just treat people the way you would like to be treated. Treat people the way you want your children treated. Treat them the same way. The world beats them up enough. We don't need to beat them up too. And it doesn't mean that we're not wise. It doesn't mean that we are not safety conscious. You need to be. Jesus has already told us that. You know, if your bells and whistles go off, well, then there's a reason they're going off. Pay attention to that. Go on and be as hospitable as you can and be safe exactly at the same time. So the golden rule fits here. Treat people the way you wanted to be treated. Now, it says in, uh, in 1 Peter 4, 9, if you go back to that verse, and now we get to the part where you were nodding and amen in me and now you won't, okay? Uh, we're gonna get to the, the, to the complaining part or the grumbling part. Um, grumbling or complaining here, the word that is used here means it's a repeated complaint. It's not something that just comes up. It's a repeated complaint. And when you grumble, and and remember, it's repeated, you're looking for a consensus. You're looking for more people to join your grumbling. And you're really trying to find out, is there anybody that feels the way that I do? And grumbling has a goal to it. And the goal of it is, is to start a rebellion. The grumbling is to start a rebellion. Uh, If you're not careful, uh, it works against your faith, it will work against the joy in your life, and it'll work against the thankfulness of your heart. It will happen. Grumbling can be used by the enemy to be against God himself. Now, let me show you how that works together with hospitality. In, the, in, the, in regards to hospitality and the culture of Scripture and the content of Scripture, 
uh, back in that day, there were inns, and you know the you know the birth story, the birth narrative. There was no room for them in the inn, right? And then we know the story of the Good Samaritan, which was in our vacation Bible school teaching this last week. And that is, he took him to an inn and took care of him, gave him money, and said, "If you run out of money when you come back, when you come back by." Uh, I'll pay you what I need to pay you for the care that you've given to this person that he didn't even know. And uh, you need to understand that Samaritans didn't mind helping people were hurt because Samaritans themselves were usually hurt. They know what it's like to not belong. And so they were willing to be able to help the man who was robbed and beaten. Uh, back then, they mostly stayed in homes. Uh, because there ends, I mean, you just you didn't have the app uh, I exit, and you could find anything you know along on the road or Priceline to be able to book ahead and anything like that. So the there there was the picture of people staying at home that doesn't happen today as much as it did then. So why why is the grumbling? Why is the grumbling going on? Uh, and why does it look like the enemy uses it to be against God himself? Because, the, because of the character of God, he invites us into the inviting business. He invites us into be a part of his invitation. But please don't forget his invitation included us when we were strangers. Just like the psalmist said, now I am your guest. And when he invites, then he includes us in the invitation. I, uh, I so go back to uh, a story that I read about Charles Swindoll. Do y'all remember when Charles Swindoll was on the radio years ago, the preacher from California? I loved his preaching. It was very plain. And he was a storyteller. And I, I, I probably am too. I didn't say I'm a good one, but I probably am a storyteller. And he said, uh, during the hippie movement uh, in the 60s and the 70s in California, he said, one Sunday morning, said it was a packed house, just a few seats available. He said, a guy comes in off the street, he's barefooted, his clothes are ragged, his hair is long, he hasn't had a shower, the hygiene wasn't there. He had on a, a, a raggedy old white t-shirt, and he came in and he found an available seat and he happened to be sitting next to a medical doctor. And he said he didn't know how to act in church. He said because he would, uh, uh, he would, I would preach and say something and then he would lean over to the doctor and go, what do you mean by that? Out loud, you know, not even in a whisper. And he said, our people just loved on him and, and cared for him. And he goes, I'll shorten the story. He said, uh, I go to visit my daughter and son-in-law and my grandkids, and I go to church with them when we visit. And he said, it amazes me that that man that walked in is now the pastor of my daughter and my son-in-law. You know, just do you understand? I mean, if you're, if you're not careful, one of our sins is that we want everybody to be like us. When the truth is, in the character of God himself, we want to see people to become like Jesus. 
Our goal is, my goal is not for me to be like you or you like me. It's for us to be like Jesus and to challenge each other to be like Jesus. And we, here's, here's why we grumble and complain, okay? I'm going to hit it. I know You know it. You may not be thinking it. But we grumble and complain because when God invites us and includes us in his invitation to other people, it changes your plans. It disrupts your schedule. It rearranges the order of your life. And we don't like that, i.e. COVID-19. We don't like it at all. When things rearrange my life, don't tell me that you haven't done it. You've seen that person at the grocery store and taken the extra aisle. Don't tell me you haven't done that. We've all done that. Why? Because there's a time constraint. And I've told you many times, hurry is not of the devil, hurry is the devil. And we're so constrained in our lives that any change or diversion or disruption, we get aggravated at it. And what happens is that uh, to, to be hospitable to people means I've got to change my life around. And then I know this is here and I'm going to hit it. And then you and I, the enemy starts going, well, who's going to pay attention to you? Who's going to do that? Who's going to recognize you? Who's going to tend to you, right? Isn't that what we do? Who's going to take care of me? I'm going to tell you something. If you're the person who lives with the hospitality of God, God himself will take care of you. I, I want you to know that. I'm, I want you to be able to see that. <clears throat> so the, but here's the truth. The truth is our lives need rearranging and interrupted and reorganized. And the hospitality of God, it will do that to your life. <clears throat> Many in this service, and there will be in the second service, have fostered children, have adopted some of those children. Did it disrupt, rearrange, and re reorganize? The answer is, yes, it did. Was it worth it? Absolutely. In the invitation of God, it was worth every bit of it. I'm proud of you. I hear you inviting people. I hear you inviting people to our services. People talk to me. Well, so-and-so has invited me to come. <clears throat> Thank you for that hospitality. Please keep that coming, but continue it. Sit with them. Give them the tour. Our building's not that big. Three hallways, two of them come to the auditorium, and one of them, you'll be a volunteer in children's ministry if you go down that one. Okay. There's only three hallways. It's not that hard. But show them. Show them where the restrooms are. Have them come and meet your pastor. I love to meet people after the service. There's times I've kept Steve Cutter and, and Brian Carter here to almost two o'clock with people who are sitting and just to sit and talk with them. We're leaving at one, we're leaving at one thirty, quarter to two, something like that, just because people are there and I'm meeting them and we're asking questions back and forth and trying to answer them and trying to delve into their lives just a little bit. So I, I wanna thank you for that. It will grow the kingdom and it will grow our church. But just don't have them come. You all take the next step. Do you see that? Stay with them. Sit with them. Be with them. Introduce them. Don't leave it up to a committee or a team. You do that. And it will grow the kingdom and it will grow our church. It's the hospitality of God. I, I mean, heck, 
you even foster parent uh, uh, or pets and adopt them. And that's a good thing. And scripture says something about that. Did you know that? Proverbs chapter 12, verse 10. A righteous man cares about the health of his animal. Cares about his critter. Now hang on, let me go in. It, there are studies today that show if you mistreat animals at certain ages, you're gonna grow up to mistreat people. If I can tell by the way you treat an animal, if there's a disorder, then surely I can see that you treat an animal well, that there's a right order, right? A righteous man even takes care and there's the, there's the hospitality even to our creditors. Uh, that, but even that rearranges our lives. So at VBS this week, it was a week of community. It was a, it was a week of hard work for a lot of people. A lot of prayer went into it collectively and personally. A lot of people were exercising their gifts. We had to be flexible because we live in Kentucky and who knows what the weather's going to be, right? Uh, we lived with disruptions that were going up. Did you have to rearrange? Did you have to juggle? Did you have an overload of work schedule for you? Of course, all that happened. You had to deal with all that. You probably even said multiple times, why did I even do this? Why did we do it? Because I wanted children to feel welcome. I want them to know that safe places do exist. That you can be loved here. You can be loved here. D.L. Moody had the great ministry in Chicago. And uh, the, the Sun Times and the, the, the Chicago Tribune, two different papers were doing articles on the ministry that D.L. Moody had in Chicago. They interviewed a guy who walked several miles to come to that place. And they said, they asked him, why did he walk so far? And this is his only answer. He said, they love a feller down here. That's why I come. We did what we did in Bible schools, worth every bit of it. I wanted children to know they're loved and they're safe. I wanted parents to know that to the best of our ability, maybe a busted lip, a little cut here, you know, that happened. Maybe two or three more hot dogs than they should have had. You know, stuff like that went on. But I want them to know we're caring for them and we care for them and that we love them as a family and we showed that hospitality. And you know why you're walking away saying Vacation Bible School was amazing? It's because God gave families a great invitation and he used you to be a part of it. It's called hospitality. It's God's hospitality. So I want you to see that today, but know that let your hospitality be shown, but do it without the grumbling. Do it without the, now you're going, well, pastor, do you see me grumbling and complaining? I really don't. Hope Church really hasn't been that kind of a church uh, at all, because if you grumble about it, we put you in charge of it, you know, <clears throat> and then just let you, let you figure it out. Uh, and so it's not really been that place. It ha it's never really been that. And I'm grateful for that. But be a part of the invitation. Like, is there somebody here today that you don't know? Well, go over and introduce yourself and let them know that, I, that you're worth knowing, okay? I, I bet I said it a thousand times this week to people who were new. I said, just walk in here and act like you own the place. You know, if you're doing something wrong, I'll let you know. But just walk in here like you own it. 
uh, and this walk in here like you've been a part of it forever, please see that it's an invitation of God himself because he invited us and he took us. And we came from all different kinds of backgrounds. It, don't, it doesn't say he doesn't change us because he does change us. He changes us to his sons and his daughters and brings us into the family of adoption. And I want to thank you for your hospitality. I do. I love it when, you, when I watch you do it. I want to thank you for that. And then I want to encourage you to keep it on because it's who God is, right? It's his invitation and he uses us to accomplish it. And let's do, I don't catch you grumbling, but let's never add that to our criteria, okay? Let's just be hospitable. The welcome and the care for other people is what we do, okay? Let's pray together. Father, we welcome in our hearts, we welcome in our hearts the care and the welcome of other people, just like you welcomed us. And we thank you for welcoming us. Lord, none of us, none of us were at a holy place when we came to you. We're wretched people. We made bad choices, bad decisions, but you welcomed us and you took us in. And not only did you take us in, you adopted us into your family. We were once the rebellion that was working against you and then you made us your sons and your daughters. Father, help us to see that. Yes, give us an intuition of safety and wisdom. Give us that. But also give us your heart, your heart to welcome other people. I pray that over our body today, over our people today, over your church today. May we never think or say, what's the least I can do to be your follower? May we always say, Lord, I know there is more and call me to it. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Church, would you stand where you are and we'll continue our worship. The invitation's for you to come. Whosoever will, whatever reason today, you come. Counselors, find your place if you will. You may want to come and just commit your life to the hospitality of God. Whatever it is, you come.